alligator? Well, I saw my baby walking. Down the valley's loose now. And he lets go with a big spread in the middle of the track. And the super started out of my race up to the lead and kicked away from Morgan House Fangirl. And then came Laws of Indices, but his group win. Group one win, number eight for the road. Hello, destroys him in the chip. See you later, alligator. It's kicking Uncommon James in the middle. Uncommon James grabs as Fura. Uncommon James holding on and on the opening lane. Alligator blood looking for a fifth group one. At the 150 led three pullers of a lane from my Thunderstruck who can't get there. Then Mr. Brightside, but the Gators done it again. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks for checking out our year-round carnival review podcast. Bit of see you later, alligator. The gator was fantastic, so was Animo, the superstar. Uncommon James giving Benny Thompson his first Group 1 win and the Hayes boys once again triumphed in the Blue Diamond audio courtesy of Sky Racing and Racing.com as we say g'day to Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals. Morning mate. Good morning Ralphie. Another oh. uh, week in the world. Uh, that, that, that was proper racing on Saturday in two states. Oh, it was, it was. It was definitely uh, some fantastic racing and some great performances as well. Absolutely. Well, let's start in Sydney because there were two group ones. I know there were three in Melbourne. We'll start in Sydney because <laughs> the rock star of Australian racing, Animo, just, just, just did it again. So um, I reckon you put out standouts on you. I'm not saying it's a, it's a huge effort. Neither are you to, to find an odds-on favourite uh, as a standout. But for context, I reckon I see you put out on your race speed profile standout about mm, three or four a year. That's it. <laughs> so, so you were rather rather bullish about Adamo, hoping he'd come to play. You wrote in your race speed profiles, 2013 Cox Plate winner, kicked off his campaign elite fashion, winning with another dominant performance, best of the day overall, found travelling 11.3 lengths below benchmark first section, which is trial speed for a horse of his talent for producing a powerful 14.1 mid-race squeeze. Uh, so overall, uh, when he, he's leading win, Actually, wasn't a huge time because uh, of that slow speed. 2.8 lengths above benchmark. What did he do on Saturday? Well, he took himself to plus four, which is fantastic. It's it's really crazy, Ralph. you like, third up last campaign. That's what he did, 4.1. Now he's done it second up. Now, mind you, is it second up because now he's going to a new level or was it because the, bat, the way he returned with a barrier trial and how forward maybe he might have been as opposed to me just saying he's come back better than ever can be an indicator of like half a run or a bit more because that was plus 1.8. So in that barrier trial, I think we sent it to our group one members. You said this, the sky's the limit this campaign. Well, in fact, yeah, I think you put a number on it. You said it wouldn't be shocky if you got to plus eight, which is it's, it's getting towards Wings territory. And yep. on Saturday, plus four. So that's half that. But again, he didn't have to do much in the early part of the race. No, he didn't, Ralphie. I mean, it was good speed, 4.5 lengths below benchmark, but you could see the real extension. He had, actually he had a real sort of a, a fartlek movement. Eight Between the 8 and the 6, he's gone plus 1.8. So there's the first part of the extension, going minus 
4.5, then 8 to the 6 plus 1.8, then 0.8 between the 6 and the 4, so loses the length. Then he's asked to go plus 2.4 between the 4 and the 2. So that's like, what is it, one and a half lengths of increasing pace. And then he's weakened over the last 200 metres with a 0.3 above. Now, that's the biggest signal of them all, Ralphie, is he won by over a length and actually lost two lengths over the last 200 metres. And there's no way that... um, McDonald was slowing him down over the whole last 200. So uh, we, he's, I've, I've heard some interviews with James McDonald saying at this stage now as a, as a stallion, once he's got the race won, he almost switches off. So how much of that is the stallion switching off? How much of it's still conditioning to come? It doesn't is is the unknown, I guess, but who cares? It just, what you're saying is the data's clearly showing that there is more to come. Well, we're going to have to add at least the length for the slowdown between the six and the four. Yep. coming into high speed. And even if we, instead of making it two lengths for the last 200 metres, we just call that half a length to a length. So you have to get this scary feeling next start is going to be somewhere between, I don't know, plus five and six range. Wow. Uh, so that, that's that's really exciting. The uh, I see on RaceNet here that um, James Cummings undecided about his next run, either the George Ryder or the uh, Ranvit, which will both be on Golden Slipper Day. One's 1,500, one's 2,000. And what he's got in right. mind here, Vince, is he wants to win the Queen Elizabeth, obviously, and he's run after that at 2,000. And then right. he's going to target Ascot. Well, he's definitely worthy of going anywhere on the planet. Yep. And if he turns up in good shape and feeling good, then he, he can go anywhere. Uh, we've had a couple of emails from uh, from great supporters of ours, including Mark and Scott, about overseas horses, how he compares to them. Um, the reality is if he does take on some overseas horses, and there are a couple in the market, you'll be doing that on the on the Friday preview podcast, and that's that's significant uh, internal work there, Vid. So we'll, yes. we'll, we'll, leave that, we'll leave that aside. But as, as others behind him, gee, Fangirl's going well, isn't she? Yeah, Fangirl is going well, Ralphie. I know there was a a number of people probably thought leading into that race the fangirl was going to really test this particular runner in animo and the reality is well class wise last campaign did finish with a 5.4 so we're not going to deny yeah we're not going to deny its potential like we just know that this this mare's a bit of a rock star yeah just it, it feels like just that little bit further behind in terms of like where it's at like that 1.8 versus what like what it did on the weekend, which was 2.4. The rise was moderate. And I, I did sort of state that I felt this horse may be a little bit flat, particularly if there was going to be speed on in the race. So I expect next run will be pretty big for this horse. Where do you think this one's going to go, Ralphie? I think she'll take on Animo in the Wilmore. Uh, right. oh, so no, we're going to look at a cracking race here. So Animo's already got got the oh, – sorry, did I say Animo? I meant Anavista. Anavi- Anavista. Oh, Anavista. And a vista, so she'll peel away from the boys and take on the uh, the, the the mares, okay, and well, uh, you know we're sort of looking. And, and a vista's got a plus four on the board, so that's probably what she's chasing. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. Because looks like Fangirl is set to make that big next leap at its next start, and this is exciting because you have a look at it. That last start, Ralphie, the one at Ramwick on the 11th of uh, February, fifteen and a half lengths below benchmark first section. Now it's turned up here going 2.8 below. So this is a big, big movement in early speed. Like we're talking, what, 13 lengths? Yeah. If I even compare like even Animo, who also had a pretty soft 
they came out of the same race, Ralphie, right? Yep. At a pretty soft first section. What was that? That was uh, like 11.3 below versus minus 4.5. So half the difference in terms of how much improvement in the early speed. So I really do feel that, uh, well, if, you, if you're saying going to that race, that could be exciting. Yeah, it could be it could be a super match race. A bit of depth to the, to the mayor's form there. Uh, a couple other good runs behind, and uh, I'll go to our members' questions. And again, mm-hmm. uh, every Sunday we offer our members an ability to ask us questions because we're corporate bookmaker ad free. So we're here because of our support of our members. You can become a member via racetrackrelfie.com.au. Uh, and uh, Daniel, who <laughs> he's got a whole heap of questions here. He's a he's a ripper, Vince. He's, he's right across your IVRs. And I'll go to uh, what is laws of indices trending to this prep when he gets. Two thousand. Yeah, well, he's certainly a horse that I've been keeping an eye on myself as well. First up, point three above, ranked thirty-two on the day at Ramwick. When I look at the breakdown, even at that day, Ralphie nine point eight links below benchmark first section compared to here, first section minus four. You can see there's the elevation, but the big the big movement here was in the mid race. The the horse really made a big extension, going pretty much from. Minus four to plus two that particular day. Oh, no. Well, you know, I'm sitting there. <laughs> well, actually, sort of now looking at the numbers here, I've got a funny feeling the Lord of the Indice really did feel that first up run and wasn't able to um, blend in with the similar performance to the start before. So that that's actually – well, I'm just sitting here. Again, that was off a short break. Mm. Including overseas uh, travel. Yes. Yeah, I was reasonably excited about Laws of Indice, Ralphie, thinking that potentially we're going to see the very best of it. But now I'm just sort of looking at the profile. The horse is trending to the plus three. It's not trending beyond that. Like, that's the problem. Yeah. I'm a bit, I'm a bit worried about that now because is that the limit? Is that where we're going to, hit, you know, finish off? We're not going to get beyond that point? So yeah, I'm I'm only because of Annabelle Nishan, the type of trainer she is, how fit she has her horses. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just sitting back here now saying, Ralphie, I, I probably wanted to see more. So we can probably surmise the race by saying the first two we've got the the massive ticks. Uh, obviously, Animo from a superstar perspective, but Fangirl's ready to really test her test yep. her best next start, and that means Absolutely. she's going to take a power beating in the uh, in the mares. The other, the other group one was uh, was the surround for the Philly Sunshine and Paris one. It was a four-way finish. Vince, I couldn't help thinking that uh, if in secret swap lanes and in secret wins. So what's your thoughts? Yeah, well, it was always going to be not an easy race because just just get the feeling also in secret just be, is a little bit further behind in terms of her campaign yep. and where how she should be trending versus to where she's at. I mean, uh, that barrier trial, for instance, on the 30th of the 1st, that was a minus 4.1 then came out and narrowly won at Randwick over 1,200. That was a 0.2 below. Again, not a real lot of advantage speed-wise, like seven and a, was it 7.7 lengths below the standard. Good move in the mid-race between the 8 and the 400, but still travelling 2.8 below, Ralphie. And then that was excellent last 400 plus 5.1. So if I sort of match that up to what happened here, in secret's gone three and a half lengths below benchmark between the you know, the start to the 800-metre point. And then this is the interesting thing, thing, really no movement between the eight and the four. Like that whole field, the majority of horses didn't really uh, increase pace. A lot of – a number of them actually slowed. So yeah. 3.1 lengths, only a half-length increase in speed. Could that have been 
the downside. But I, I know where he wa- where the horse was positioned on the fence. It wasn't going to be able to go too many places. And then the, the last 400 metres, plus 2.6. <sighs> Overall performance, 0.8 above. Just marginally better than the first up. So at the moment, in, in secret, just trending to the profile of like a 3.9 on the high and 3.4 on the low. So it's not trending better than that at the moment. So I'm not sure, you know, are we going to see this filly take that next step? Hopefully next start we're going to find up, find out, but this will be probably as good a platform as the horse could get. Okay, but so her challenge will be the next start's in two weeks in the, in the new market. So she's going to have to beat I Wish I Win, who was phenomenal in the Lightning Stakes. And if you compare to what she did when she exploded in the Cornwall last year, she came off running second in the Golden Eagle, which was, as, as yeah, in the Golden Rose, rather, in a, in a sensational time. So can, can she explode in two weeks' time? That's a fair challenge. Yeah, can she explode? Well, she has sort of leapfrogged up from sort yep. of like 1.5 to that 3.4 range. So coming from 0.8, could you make that step? You could, right? But it's a whole different world if we're going to say, can you get past five right now? I know it's early days. Look, I really like this horse. I think it's yeah. a great horse. But right now, oh, man, I'll be running the, the opposite direction to want to back <laughs> this horse right now. You know, like against – in. I wish I win, right? We're talking yes. about this type of horse, right? I'm not sure about its own class. I feel we can make money out of it. I did say, you know, over the weekend that I felt this horse has no way got this race won and it's going to be competitive and that's what it turned out to be. And, yes, there could have been a case made about where Hugh was and didn't probably wasn't probably allowed to explode. But I also feel that in secret probably does appreciate a bit more pace, so she'll get that in the new market. So we're going to see her at least travel, hopefully, into the three range. But can you, I can't see this horse going plus five at the moment. No. So it's a four-way finish. Uh, Sunshine and Paris is in her first prep. She's she's won a group one race, and this shows you that, you know, if we're taking away, what's the, what's the phrase you use, a naked platform, she's won a group one race with plus one, which is which is not strong. But, it's no. a, a, you know, winners are winners and we're, we're played all. But uh, a couple of others that caught my eye, uh, Ruthless Dames, it just gets beaten. And as Daniel asked, you know, where, where could it get to uh, from a mile perspective? And Zoo Gotcha seems like a nice kickoff, but first up, she's obviously got scope for improvement. Well, firstly, Zoo Gotcha came with a 0.8 above. So if yep. I look at that, We've got to note this. The barrier trial on the 20, 27th of the first, Ralphie, that was 14 lengths below. Like, it's been a massive leap. Last campaign, peaked at plus 2.1, but started the campaign around benchmark. So there's enough here to suggest that this horse has come back better. Yep. Now, to how much? At right now, on the graph that I use internally, Ralphie, I'm pinning it somewhere around plus three. So... Not technically going to be better than in secret, but at least trending in the same sort of uh, class. There's not going to be much between them. Now, Ruthless Dane, on the other hand, when I look at this particular horse and try and get some understanding about what do I do, he's only had three lifetime starts, right? Yeah. The Sandown first race start was 0.7 above. When I look at the breakdown of that race, probably got a lot of pluses, like it really sort of, the last sort of four, 600 metres where it did all the work, and here it turned up and ran. 
So not much of an increase. Now, a little bit of this we've got to play into. No move in the mid-race. Yes, they're all given their opportunity to accelerate over the last 400 metres. There wasn't a lot of acceleration there for a whole bunch of horses, Ralphie. So probably trying to say this, Ralphie, (laughs) is that it was mediocrity overall, unfortunately, right now from what's come out of that. And I'm not seeing a lot of these horses are going to just bust open into brand new levels. Uh, Like on a wild day, even like Sunshine in Paris, and let's say I was a little bit more bullish around the first section and allowed an, an extra length and then even allow a little bit more in the mid-race and this potential of softening, this horse might get to plus two and a half. Yep. So in their own class, I'm sure we can make money out of some of these horses, but you wouldn't want them to venture out much beyond that right well, now. Yeah, sure. We might go to uh, early in the day, the 2000 race, cause it's a really interesting runner. It's not often we would stamp a horse with 3.9 lengths below benchmark, ranked 24th in the day. But with Glory Days, we put the context, a modest time for his second local run, noting it was virtually matched what he did at Water Blow over 1400. But they're very strong late, last bit, best bit, third best last time of the day. He stepped into 1700 on wet ground and was going just minus 4.5 of the 800, 6.6 lengths from the lead. Went slower again, minus 5.2 mid race. All the speed was late with minus. 1.6 last 400, last 200 in isolation, minus 0.4, which was the 14th best of the day. There's basic BM78 company. His overseas profile says he'll thrive stepping up in trip. We look forward to measuring his progress. So from minus 3.9, what did he do on Sunday? Yeah, it was beautiful elevation, Rafi, plus 1.2. The stable's going all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we talk about the, pl- the plus twos and threes. Well, here, two, as you just summed up about the, the horses just came out and made a really big step and, and a good one too, Ralphie, really. I mean, plus 1.2 is excellent for this particular horse. And I have to say, why wouldn't there be more improvement to come? I mean, the drop-off over the last 400 metres, and it wasn't intentional, yep. but it was all conditioning improvement. And this has all got to do with how the horse sort of went into this race, like wasn't sort of really battle ready, entitled to drop a couple of lengths over the last 400 metres. So especially when it's over 400 metres, Ralphie, I I, I usually uh, tend to add the whole lot on. So plus three is right in this horse's wheelhouse and still improving. Well, what what you're saying then is it's got stakes level um, ability. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great sign here. Yep. Speaking of stakes level ability, well, you, you touched on uh, in Fangirl's unbelievable performance, uh, the, the strength of the Golden Eagle last year, won by I Wish I Win. Well, the uh, the horse who's got a I Wish I Win uh, form line was, and we put a big stamp on her when she ran fourth in that race, was Hope in Your Heart. She was 50 to 1 that day, 4.2 lengths above benchmark, and she's returned here. And uh, 1.8, that's a very lovely return. Yes, Ralph, I. When I was looking at the adjustments on Saturday night, and I and I'd sort of go, oh, yeah, they're 4.2, and, you know, are you going to be able to get there this time round? I mean, the barrier trials were around that sort of minus four range, but to come out first up and just go bang 1.8 and give this indication about, like, how much this horse appreciates cleaner ground, because you have a look at those last two campaigns, a lot of them, until it got to the end, well, two campaigns back, never seen it, a clean track, Ralphie. And then last campaign, it was really the last two starts where the horse really was given any opportunity to see what it's capable of. So I, I feel that this is another horse that could be very explosive. And to do what it did with that big move in the mid-race, going from 6.2 below to plus 1.2 between the 8 and the 400, I thought that was fantastic. Really strong last 400 metres. And 
pretty much held its line all the way, giving probably good credence to the improvement from a barrier trial point of view. And this horse is absolutely trending to the fours. All right, and we'll round up, uh, round off rather. I'll put my teeth back in. Uh, the guy, well, uh, not the guy, Walter, but uh, in the the sprint in the in race nine of the program here had a bit of strength to it. Uh, think about it; just just keeps elevating. Uh, had had, as you pointed out, your race speed profiles had yet to break benchmark, but hadn't had an opportunity to break benchmark. Got a faster race on Saturday, dominated from the front, and a couple of little hidden runs out the back as well. Yeah, it could be the rock star of the campaign. Wow. For everybody, I mean, the way this horse was able to show versatility, what captivated me was this massive improvement in the early with this particular horse. I mean, the two two runs leading into this, I mean, the horse has gone 7.6 below. This is back on 28th of January, first section, then went to Randwick, went away to 1,300. That was 10.9 below, Ralphie. So we've seen this horse now move like five lengths quicker from one run to the other. And then to actually increase its strength in the mid-race, going to plus 1.5, it really barely broke benchmark in all previous three runs. In You know, this is how far above the benchmark between the eight and the four. And then showed a good uh, sign of strength overall last 400. Entitled to weaken. And this is a clear sign of extra one length to be added as a minimum. And the horse has shown versatility. Well, and as a probably a more broader statement, uh, it's a good example of not just looking at a raw time uh, with a winner because yeah, the winner winners can have more under the bonnet. Yes, and the one thing that we were we knew for sure was that you have to have some capability when you're on the short. See that when you're on the shorter courses, like you know, twelve hundred meters, eleven hundred meters, even maybe thirteen hundred to a certain extent. It's all about how much you can squeeze in the mid race. Gives you that bit of insight about what sort of talent you have. Like we are still getting a measure of acceleration, and you can just see. I mean, that one at Randwick, that was like a eleven point one length mid race squeeze. That's pretty big for you know for a shortish distance. And and the start before the same, like it was seven and a half above, and that was thirteen fifty Rose Hill. Quantico missed a year's racing, or nearly a year, 336 days before a super first up win at Randwick. Uh, if you want to uh, if you want to put down a, a what, what's the definition of a flat, the typical flat second up run, it's backing up 14 days after a long break and performing so well first up. But you mentioned mid-race squeeze there. Uh, is he got a platform to now rebound very, very hard, and I assume they'll send him down to the new market? <sighs> well, <clears throat> of course, there's no question about that, Ralphie. I probably, you know, are they are they going to do that? Go to the new. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But he's but only that his PB was Flemington twelve hundred. Now, do I want to back him a bit? Or which I win? No. But I suppose the question's more about the uh, the mid race squeeze that he produced on Saturday, just fourteen days after the the big first up win. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm sharing your thoughts, Ralphie, at the moment. That my view, firstly, is where this horse is currently situated in terms of like what's the best distance. I sort of tend to have the same feeling as you, that 1,200 metres is where I'd love to see this horse. I mean, it was hard horse not to have as been a possibility of racing well, but that profile, when you look at beyond the 1,200 metres, not that it's had a lot of starts, Rafi, like it wasn't in the positive benchmark range. It was like well behind. Yep. And interesting here, like, 10.9 10.9 links below benchmark first sec- section. It was the biggest squeeze of the day, 12.8. That was massive. And look, the horse 
performed pretty well, I guess, overall and was entitled to weaken, and that's where the conditioning is going to come. The conditioning is going to come from all the exertion in the mid-race, the softening over the last 200 metres. Are we going to see a rebound? We're definitely going to see a rebound well beyond the plus 1.6. This is a horse that's a high level of talent. I mean, it did finish off like you touched on that Flemington race, Rolfie, plus 4.9, and there's no way we'd seen the best of the horse. So is he a bit of an I wish I win? We don't know what his true capability is. I, I, I think so, right? I'm just yep. worried now where are they going to go? Uh, yeah, well, the new market's in two weeks' time. So if they send him down, that's that's going to be a challenge. Well, he's one you'd, in right on the early calculations, you'd be making sure he's in some sort of multi. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, right, and now speaking of Sydney, we're going to be doing uh, Sydney this week as our preview podcast, Ramwick Guineas Day, three group ones. It's a cracking program. Ramwick Guineas will have good depth and there's a challenge and uh, the Canterbury Stakes, 1,000 and a 1,300 group one. So real depth of the card. There's some other features as well. So that'll be our preview podcast this Friday. If you want to get it, via my website, racetrackrelfie.com.au. Uh, the preview podcast is available now. And uh, what you get with it is the race speed profiles from Vince's daily sectional. So you get the full service and also on the Saturday morning post-scratchings, we then do an update and we sort of focus it down to, uh, to talking business. So that, that'll be our focus there. Ran with Guinea's Day this week. Let's swing to Sandown, Vince. Blue Diamond Day, the track played fantastically well. Uh, there was threat of rain. Uh, they got a bit of luck with the rain, and that, that's good. The Blue Diamond itself it was called Blue Diamond Day. Let's start there. The one thing we knew was going to be high pressure with these two-year-olds. They want to run, and that's when you wanted to be in the golden spot, I assume. Just got little bros getting the money. High pressure. Was it blistering pressure? <laughs> Well, wow, what was it? Plus six point plus six point four. I mean, that's massive, really, for young young horses. But been a while since I've seen young horses been able to generate that sort of energy, you know, over the first four hundred metres. It really has, Ralphie. Like I, I'm genuinely trying to think back how long do I have to go before I've seen that. And not only that, but then to still be racing above benchmark between the eight and the four hundred, when you talk about high pressure. And being able to cope, that's this is a real indicator. Oh, goodness me, what's it going to do a lot to a lot of horses? Well, I would say, what's it going to do to almost all of them, right? <laughs> to be able to go through Could be some, a few you know, in the paddock, uh, this week, yeah, I have no doubt. Hopefully, there's you know, they're not targeting in the next 14 days. That's be my biggest reservation because we we sort of know also from a lot of um past work that two year olds when they have big runs, you know. Again, I'm trying to work out, even just recall, was there any horse, two-year-old, that's been able to rebound off, you know, big hard runs at their subsequent starts? I don't think there is one. Well, there's three weeks to the Golden Slipper. Oh, so that's good. That's yep. that's That gives them time for those who want to yep. target them, the race. Um, so little bros, the, the, the Hayes family have got a great tradition in this race and the the, the boys just got this. They, they nailed the brief, didn't they? And, and so did Michael D because he couldn't have got a better run in transit, but he, he produced a big PB on grand final day. Oh, it was fantastic, really. Absolutely fantastic. Firstly, talking about where what you said about being in that golden position. The horse was absolutely right in the heart of the best spot you could potentially be, you know, tagging that, you know, lead speed around three and a half lengths. But mind you, the horse is travelling outside its comfort zone, so we've got to allow for that. I mean, that's the fastest the horse has gone in its life, and this will be the same for most of them. And then still to be running above benchmark, Interesting, a little bit of a dip between the four and the two. Probably did navigate that to the best, and then managed to get 
only one or two runners that actually you know got benchmark or better over the last 200 meters. Another sign the horse was strong and fighting, you know, in a pretty dynamic way. Nothing but praise. 1.7 is one of the best figures we've seen for two-year-olds anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Don Corleone put a big stamp on him on his debut run. He got it a bit wrong in his second start. Again, Team Snowden, how can you knock them when they, uh, particularly when they get on the on the Hume Highway and target a race? So he, he's coming to play. I couldn't help thinking this is a perfect lead-in for a golden slipper, but I, I'm interested in your thoughts about what you've said about the brutality of the race. Yeah, well, this horse has come out and been able to make an improvement because this was a runner that had broken benchmark going into the race. Again, you know, way faster than the horses had ever gone before. But, I mean, that you want them to go to their best, I guess, in a big race. Yep. A lot of money at stake. I, what was probably positive for me was that overall, last 800 metres, it was able to sort of hold on above benchmark, which is pretty pretty decent, Ralphie, to be able to do that off this speed first time round. So if the horse can recover and that's not like a, you know, finishing off the campaign and we can go to the next step with this horse, then it's got a nice platform. It could easily make that transition up of another half length, maybe maybe a length, I don't know. It's it's hard to say, but I can't fault the performances as good as the horse has ever gone. Uh, Arkansas Kid, again, for, for um, Team Hayes, has, uh, has run out of its skin in running third at 61. I want to ask you about Brave Halo, though. Um <laughs> You can only get certain circumstances to suit the race and the tactics have to suit what's put in front of you. And Damien from the outside barrier is elected to go back and slot in. I've seen the uh, the stewards' vision. I'm very confident there was no spot if he goes forward. And given the brutality of the race, what you said was uh, was he, he just – it would have completely compounded. That's what I'm saying about sometimes the circumstances are just not in your favour because had it been a Caulfield, one bend, he's out deep in the lanes, maybe it's a different situation. I don't think he could have ran better under the circumstances. No, and this is always going to, was going to be a challenge, and it was a challenge for a lot of horses. You've got to handle sand down and going to handle a lot of pressure. I mean, mind you, we've got pressure and then we're going up a hill, right? Yeah. So it's very tough, and this is probably one of maybe three or four horses out of the whole field that you could probably rule out that maybe you wouldn't consider it to be a genuine flatline run for the youngsters. Yep. And Brave Halo, Halo definitely is one of those horses that I would sit back in and say there's no way this horse would be dramatically impacted by that run. Yes, was it a nice uh, improvement overall? For sure. I mean, point three above definitely trending now to that sort of plus nine and who knows maybe could trend above it we'll see but i found that very very hard to fault maybe if i sort of sit back and say to myself what else could have damien done nothing <laughs> that's right that's what yeah, nothing no, nothing. Yep. nothing absolutely nothing and uh and let's get to the headache steel city uh you were nice and clear under this profile all set to run a plus two range which all right, if, if some butts and all that, but uh, plus two wins you the race. And uh, there's Blake just jogging home again. You said Damien couldn't have done much more. <laughs> Neither can Blake. Sometimes there's just no gap. Ah, oh, well, that's <laughs> death, isn't it? Plus 5.2. Well, that's the other thing too. So it's jogged that's home. Death. But yeah. here's the interesting thing. So beware the unlucky runner because what you're saying, Vince, is that Yes, he's overextended. He had no run, but that that might have been grand final day going that speed. Yeah, and there, and there was no love for it on the day. Maybe there was some other little feelings, but the brutality of the race just completely tore the horse apart. Okay, 
So <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's 5.2. And this, this is what we have to underestimate. To go off a standing start, your first 400, 6.4 links lead speed, wowee, it was slept well. Yeah, and you could see, like, look at the last 400 metres. I mean, the complete opposite to the start before, right? Yeah. The complete opposite. And this is what fast speed does to a horse, right? And... <laughs> I don't reckon any horse could be ready for that type of medicine when they've only had one or two lifetime starts and they're only two. It's just savage. It is savage. All right, the futurity. Roy, I've got a few questions here. I want to get to all of them. So Roy's yep. asked, I'm sure you'll cover it, but I'd love to get you and Vincent's thoughts on where the thunder's at. Is the non-winner tag justified, or has he found himself in races that are too fast for him? Uh, we uh, got from Robert, not really a question, just came to hear what sort of number alligator blood we'll get to this prep. Big heart, that horse. Uh, and uh, and Brenton's asked, what's your feeling on alligator blood as I'm Thunderstruck's measure at all distances? Alligator blood is certainly more t- versatile. So before you answer that, Vince, I just want to write, I'm, I'm pretty happy about, well, yeah, we the uh, these end of prep, uh, when he won that Champions Mile, Vince, uh, what, what we wrote about him on uh, on Champions Day, 4.1 links above benchmark ring, best of the day, which means our members also got that email. They get the best of the day from Melbourne and Sydney each week. Super consistent, 1,400, 1,800, as seen from winning the Stradbroke over 1,400, 4.5 links above benchmark, and the Underwood, 1,800, 3.6 links above benchmark. So here, bang in the middle after terrific Tim Clark ride. We went on to break it down and finish with looks ideally suited to Caulfield or Futurity next February as a starting point. Well, it wasn't at Caulfield, it was at Sandown, and he's got the money. Yeah, got the money, and potentially was going to be a battle of tactics. I felt the speed in the end, given the small field, only two and a half below. We just come out of talking about, you know, here's some youngsters going plus six, right? Yeah. Um, this this is economical for all of them. It really yep. is economical for all of them. So it gives everybody a great opportunity to be able to deliver their best, you know, the best they can perform in this sort of race structure. And alligator blood. Really, 4.1 lengths below benchmark. Very cruisy for this particular horse in terms of speed. If I sort of compare it to its sort of previous two campaigns, I mean, last campaign at Caulfield, roughly, it was like 6.8 below. This horse has just trended upwards. Loves, obviously, clean ground and a 2.8 first up performance off of, I call it just a nice, decent break, gives a big signal that this horse is already... Pr- trending that you know we're not going to get less than four four and a half out of this horse this campaign and it's going to be a hard horse to beat in any race because i mean to be able to do that at 1400 what i mean to be able to do is to be able to just take a sit and not lead and not fight just be relaxed is fantastic and then you know like have a look even between the six and the four it lost about 0.9 there ralphie Little little dip there coming yep. down the hill, and that's that's Blake controlling the race. Yes. So, get, getting to I'm Thun, I'm Thunderstruck and Mr. Brightside, we need to bracket them both again. So you look at the mid race. Uh, uh, Mr. Brightside's done three links more work in the mid race. Uh, I'm Thunderstruck's done done similar. My initial reaction, Vince, was let's was there a chance that both horses were flat off such a huge exertion in the All Stakes and Grand Final day still headed in the All Star Mile for all three across the line. For sure, for sure. So explain about the extra, what they had to do in that mid-race. I mean, since I've been working with you, that rule of 10, you know, 10 lengths above benchmark, well, both these horses had to improve. Their, their mid-race squeezes were over 10, and then the last two sections combined were over 10 in that all stakes. Well, it was. I mean, the, the last two sections, if we firstly talk about I'm Thunderstruck, it was like 13 and a half lengths. 
Yeah. That that's already that that's savage, right? You know, it really is. It's not easy just to turn up and just say we're fine. The only reason why, like, I was giving him good possibilities here was the fact that there was a big chance they weren't going to go hard, Ralphie. And yep. then bright side, that was fourteen and a half lengths. I mean, that's massive. This is last combined last eight hundred meters. Yeah, it certainly wasn't there, but they. They got a chance to breathe here through the first section, both of them. Brightside going 6.6 below. I'm thunderstruck, 5.6. It does have a tendency to dull their finish. I don't think there's any way you can go faster given the day because had to do you know a fair bit of readjustments for that particular day. This is on the weekend for a lot of races. And the reality is I don't reckon any of these horses could have gone any faster. And they've done superb. I mean, Brightside's probably the the better of the the two runs though, Ralphie. I mean, 6.7 last 400 versus 4.8 and having to give it a little bit of a head start and go past it, that makes it very interesting. You know, did the horse give up? You know, this time Thunderstruck because it maintained its line. So I'm saying, no, it didn't give up. It kept fighting all the way. Was there a possibility that I'm Thunderstruck was too far forward? Well, what difference would it have made? If it wasn't, let's just say you were last. Where my O'Brien is, would you have um, had a bigger finish? Yeah, but you wouldn't have been able to reel them in because you can't be in a situation over the last 400 metres and give these type of horses six, seven lengths head start. You're not going to reel them in. You can't go fast enough. I mean, that you know they're, they're, they're breaking 11 seconds for the last 200 metres, Ralphie. It's <laughs> all three of them, yeah. Yeah. This oh, is I, I can't, help, can't help thinking the grand finals in three weeks' time for the All-Star Mile, Mooney Valley, Big Field. I think all three is trending to, to, to run to their best. Yeah, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be putting anybody uh, out, out of play here. No yeah. way. N- not of the first three. Yep, trainers, trainers' intent is a big factor always. Uh, let's go to the Oakley Plate, Vince. Uh, Uncommon James, well, it looked like they were flying down the hill, and they certainly were with Zoo Style and uh, all on as Benny Thompson getting his first Group 1 win. And if you're going to get a Group 1 win to kick off with, tactical brilliance, I think, is a good start. And he, he couldn't have got this any better. No. Now, does this reconfirm about how fast the youngsters went? <laughs> they actually went faster than the boys. The, they the went older faster boys. than the active plate. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that just gives you the nature about, you know, really everybody's got to just have that in the back of their mind about how brutal that race was. And it would have impacted a lot of horses. Yeah. But here, Uncommon Janes. Oh, Ralph, you know, like I knew that I had a lot of personal challenges with the race myself as an individual. Yep. Like, First of all, how the grid came out, and then you know I put like uncommon Jane's uncommon Jane's up the top with Star Patrol, but then when I went back, I, I I couldn't justify everything in the way I should have, and I sort of reverted back to how things were originally. <sighs> yeah, I, I probably did have an expectation that potentially they're going to run two and a half, and I'm just looking at it just reflection now for myself that okay, well. Maybe that was probably a more realistic possibility for Uncommon Jane's. And I, in my head, I must have been just thinking, oh, well, you're not going to run in the threes today. And, you know, I'm going to just say, wait and see. But as it turned out, 2.6, fifth best of the day. Fantastic uh, improvement from one run to the other, about a length and a half. Early speed was, what, two length improvement, Ralphie, for the horse. Last 400 was, you know, similar to what it did its first race, the start for the prep. Hard to fault. And now I can genuinely say the horse is trending to that 3.4. 
which was a core fit, and that was deep, deep into his prep. So yep. everything's right. And and again, uh, I like using this phrase uh, because it's part of the art, isn't it? It's not the craft; it's the art. Trying to yep. trying to do prediction, and that is trainers' intent. Because why did this? Why did the trainers choose to run him two weeks ago? Well, that's why they wanted. They thought he only had one barrier trial, so this was his grand final, and um, he ran well, but he elevated on the big day. So they nailed their brief as well. They really did nail their brief, and it's not easy to do that at Sandown up the hill and. Good, good pace. Or it was wasn't a, a race for weekies. Yep. So yeah, all all credit to the horse. Was it a you know a booming overall number? No, but that's top five. Uh, I, I think uh, lofty strike. Our position was he turned up pretty fit at Sandown, and he probably he didn't have the improvement that Uncommon James did. So again, that's that's probably part of it. But he's run the best last eight hundred day. Hard to knock. Can't fault the horse either. Yep. I mean, plus two point one. Very similar to that first up run. Solid performance, slight improvement in the early speed. If you look at it, Ralph, when you compare it to the start before, even in in the mid. I mean, overall, the horse has given everything that it could, but that's about that's about right. You know, the horse gave everything. Another interesting one. So for this for this race from two weeks earlier, Chate of Lightning first up. Now it had no luck, and we always say beware the unlucky runner because everyone sees it. But sometimes there's other reasons in the in the in the data to be a bit suspicious. Was her opportunity to run a big first up 1100 run two weeks ago and she left it there because it looked like she lost her speed in their legs on Saturday? Yeah, and she was really asked to work really hard as well. For a 1400 well. horse, is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, well, this is it. And this is where the horse needs to be at. Yep. Now, overall, sort of made a little bit of a rebound over the last 200 metres, sort of after that little bit of a dip. And, and this is the challenge with a lot of horses when they come around that bend and they're going into a downward motion. You've got to then try and re accelerate. And the horse really didn't find that acceleration and ultimately just wasn't where it needed to be to be able to be effective. All right. Well, believe it or not, there were three group ones and the best of the day we haven't even got to yet, uh, which mm. was the Peter Young. So we will do a deep dive into uh, the amazing performances there. And, of course, uh, it, was, it was set up by a blistering speed, but the Melbourne Cup went a gold trip. It has come back as a dead set rock star. I'll get Vince Cardi's thoughts on that. And also a blistering barrier trial amongst the two-year-olds from Red Resistance. So we'll send that to our group one members as a bonus podcast. If you want to be a member and support the fact that we're corporate book, Make rent free, nice and simple. Go to the links or racetrackrelfie.com.au. All members get best of the day each week sent to them from Melbourne and Sydney. And like I said, when we've got some information that uh, we can put across as a bonus podcast, and usually we have at this time of year during the uh, during the stakes races, um, we'll send that to you now. So in the meantime, appreciate you being part and listening to Year Round Carnival. <laughs>